Pop Shield, a long-form discussion podcast about musical topics both past and present. I'm Gabe, and I'm joined, as always, by Dan. Hello. And Darren. Hello. So, I like to start each episode by asking you guys what you've been listening to lately, but I want to go first. Uh, Panda Bear's Buoys, I have been seriously intoxicated by. I think it's a great record, and I wanted to go first here because we got a few, um, you know, slightly angry uh reactions to our last episode about animal collective because we made it sound like animal collective just completely dropped off after you know meriwether when in fact um you know we 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 got the fall to be kind uh ep which is or fall be kind rather which is um quite nice i've i've enjoyed some of av tear's solo stuff and then especially we didn't mention this but especially um panda bear solo work i think has been fantastic i love tomboy i love grim reaper um, probably more than most people. And I, I see a lot of negative reaction to buoys. And when I first heard it, I thought it was like the strangest thing. You know, I had one of those, like, I either hate this a lot or love it a lot moments. And, um, as time has gone by, I actually really, really like it. People are saying it is bad or wrong. Neither of you guys have checked it out yet. Have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. You, you told us that it was, uh, you know, so crazy, um, right. Like when it came out or whatever, um, just so unexpected, the sound of it. So yeah. Bizarre. I, I keep meaning to getting around to it and, and forgetting, honestly, I think it's worth it. But what, what have you been listening to Dan? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, Alice Coltrane, uh, specifically, uh, the record, uh, I can't pronounce it. It's like an Egyptian <laughs> or something, but it's the one from yeah. 1970. It's like P T A H L duad or something. <laughs> okay. But, uh, with Pharaoh Sanders and uh, Joe Henderson. It's a nice. great record. What about you, Darren? Uh, you know, I unsurprisingly have been listening to a lot of Weezer. And <laughs> I think at the end of this, I will be uh, not be listening to Weezer for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's transition into today's topic. Um, Darren and I would, I think, identify ourselves as fairly unwavering Weezer Defenders, I think that's fair to say. But a couple weeks ago, we were faced with our greatest test yet when Weezer surprise released the Teal album, a collection of covers so lifeless, I found myself getting nostalgic for make-believe. You know, forget the Blue Album and Pickerton, I'll just settle for a return to Beverly Hills at this point. Um, (laughs) Weezer is actually set to release another terrible album this March. The, The singles have not been good, trust me. And yet, I'm certain that, as always, Darren and I will find at least a few things to love about it. This got us thinking. What if instead of releasing so many frustrating albums over the past 23 years, Weezer dropped their third LP today, consisting only of the very best post-Pinkerton songs? Would it be another classic? Darren and I were determined to find out, so we set to work making our albums. The rules were simple. Ten tracks, because we all know uh, that's the rule when it comes to Weezer albums. Arranged to flow like a proper album. Can't just be a greatest hits. And Dan, our resident Blue and Pinkerton only hater, gets to pick the winner by awarding stars at the end, Mario Party style. I don't know how we decided to put Mario Party into this, but it seemed fun. So, Darren, I want to walk through each of our albums track by track, but can we start with some songs that you were most surprised didn't make the cut? Well, um... You know, I, I think the there's a couple of obvious ones, you know, Hashpipe, Island mm. in the Sun. Um, and now on my earliest draft, which was like 30 songs long, uh, <laughs> yeah. those were definitely Director's on cut. there. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely on there. They made it through maybe a couple of rounds of cuts, but I, I kind of was already thinking I was going to try to avoid like the most um, obvious singles. What about you? 
Yeah, I think, you know, I, I decided that the the big singles, one, I wanted to avoid for some sort of, you know, proving myself, you know, reason where I was going to show that uh, Weezer's deep cuts are where the gems are hidden or something like that. But uh, also, it's kind of hard to fit these huge singles into an album that makes sense. Did you have that same kind of difficulty? Yeah, I did. You know, like, it, it's interesting. I was kind of thinking of, like, you know, like the Beatles and, like, a lot of their earliest singles, like, not really fitting on any of their records, you know. I, I felt the same sort of problem trying to fit something that was just such a mammoth Weezer single in an album that I wanted to, like, flow. It just, it just none of them really fit. Like, I... Island yeah. in the Sun, I think, was the one mega hit that lasted for a while, and I just could never find a placement for it. It was always, like, you know, track 12, track 13, and I just couldn't find where I wanted to put it, so it got cut. Yeah. But, you know, I was... Uh, my personal favorite, um, you know, post-Pinkerton record is probably Everything Will Be Alright in the mm-hmm. end, and I, unfortunately, I felt like I, I wish I could have used more of that, but it was just difficult. There were so many good songs, but they, you know they kind of already belong on that album. You know what I mean? It was really hard to make songs from that album in particular uh, flow with the others. Yeah. That was actually a particularly difficult one. Uh, Dan, I don't suppose there were any songs that uh, you were (laughs) really upset did not make our list. I mean, I was looking forward to listening to hash pipe all week, but uh, (laughs) that's, that's about it. Was not to be. Or some teal tracks, you know. I didn't. There was no teal, yeah. teal album no, here. No teal tracks. Could not make that work. Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of fresh, you know, great tracks on there, but <laughs> just not yeah. enough room. Maybe we'll do a deluxe version of this uh, playlist. You know. Yeah, I, I strongly desired also to get some of the new black album singles on there, but uh, they really suck. So let's dive into our albums. We're gonna go track by track through this, Darren. What is your first track, and why did you choose it first? Yep, so, you know, I wanted to start off with a really strong track, um, and I think there was no other album other than Maladroit that I, w- I really wanted to to find a track on, because Mal- Maladroit has some of Weezer's best, you know, songs on it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went with Keep Fishing, and you know i know that was actually released as a single as well um big sound right but uh you know I, I feel like it's not in the same ballpark necessarily as like island in the sun and, and hash pipe um but it really kicks off the album for me i, I think it's actually a great opener it's interesting because i was actually you know i was thinking to myself well i want to try to avoid using an actual opener from one of the albums yeah you know I mean? right right um but it wasn't it wasn't really too difficult to find a song that i felt like uh worked as an opener and this is what i went with what about you Gabe? yeah i guess if you go that if you go that approach um weezer has a lot of big big songs and while i really struggled to fit them into an album they could almost all open an album the problem which i think we'll we'll talk about um is how to follow that up uh how to keep that keep that momentum going i'm actually kind of curious though dan do you know this song keep fishing no i didn't i wow i, I think i wow. really honestly only know you know post pinkerton songs i i know hash pipe i know uh <laughs> island in the sun beverly, beverly hills, hills. Beverly there you go. I, yeah, right there the yeah, big honest, three. yeah honestly i don't think uh I, pork and beans that, that was like a single right I know yep, the name yep. of that. I probably know it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I maybe know five, you know, Pinkerton, post-Pinkerton didn't this, songs. This song, 
the video had like the Muppets. The Muppets, it, yes. Iconic right? video and I'll say a fantastic single. One of my favorite, maybe my absolute favorite of their post um you know, post Pinkerton singles at least. Um it's you know, it's it's such a catchy song and it's got a lot of heart to it, which I think is true of a lot of the songs on Maladroit, um, which we'll talk about, I think, a couple more times throughout these playlists. Uh, but also something that sticks out to me about this song is the, you know, the bridge is so catchy. It's like a second chorus. And I strongly feel that Weezer has lost the ability to write good bridges since this era. Um, many of the songs on your playlist and my playlist, I could really do without the lazy ass bridge that just feels like we got to do something before Mm -hmm. the last chorus. You know what I mean, Darren? Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to be talking about that a few times uh, throughout this playlist. Because I was thinking the same thing, you know, listening to them. Because like, you know, I I think listening to this playlist um, and obviously trying to structure it and, and pick really strong songs really revealed some of the weaknesses even of even within some of the songs that I picked and it usually dealt with either like the ending like being like an unnecessary ending or right right you know that that middle part like you had mentioned yeah so Dan what did you think of this song having heard it for I guess the first time this massive (laughs) single yeah yeah um I thought the intro to it you know with the um the sort of uh, loud like booming drums and Mm -hmm. uh the 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 guitar at the beginning if you stopped before River started singing and you told me that that was that was Green Day, I would not argue okay. at all. It very much sounds like a Green Day intro, uh, very like anthemic or anthemic, yeah. however you want to yeah. say. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm playing it a little close to my chest because one of the stars is best opener, so I don't want to give too much away. But um, yeah, very okay. very. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me to learn that it, it that it was a single because it, it really feels like a you know like a big radio um kind of alt rock hit do you think it yeah. works like as an opener for an album yeah i do yeah yeah I, I think it's a great opener um i guess i'll get into mine though i too turned to maladroit but went uh the complete opposite route which yeah. is a song called death and destruction now this is a you know, it is a deep cut, I would call it. It's a strange song because it's kind of slow and moody and and just weird, frankly. Um, but it's one of my favorite all-time Weezer songs. And I think that, you know, to pick it as an opener, I was kind of going for like the, you know, music from Big Pink um, uh, approach where you start with a ballad or something and it kind of just like sets this serious weighty tone to the whole thing because the problem with weezer is that people think that they're a joke band now i'm sure you do dan yes very much (laughs) so it was so important to me to start with a song that would kind of you know fix that that misconception it would be like this has weight this has emotion this has seriousness this has an untraditional song structure it is musically creative it's basically an indie track it's like the most indie weezer track and another thing i really wanted to emphasize was you know, I think Weezer's greatest legacy is their contributions to that kind of first wave emo, you know, that they, they really fit into that kind of or inspire that promise ring, sunny day real estate um, world that became so important to indie music as a whole. And so that was the Weezer that I wanted to, you know, put first and foremost. What do you think about that pick, Darren? 
I mean, I absolutely love this track. Like one of my all-time favorites. Um, you know, I didn't put it on my list only because I f- I just had a feeling that you were probably going to use it and I was trying to actively avoid, you know, too much duplication and I uh, you know, I I just didn't think I would uh find the right spot for it, but um I you know, I am kind of curious that you I found it very curious that you chose it as the opener only because, you know, Weezer, even in general, just never really comes back to this sort of style of song. You know what I mean? All right. Um, it, it exists kind of almost in a vacuum, which it's it's wonderful as it is. But like even on Maladroit, it just the song after that like goes in a totally different direction. And you never really you know, yeah. come back to that sort of theme at all. You know? I mean, it's true. And I initially um, was against including maladroit especially but also the green album in this competition because i really wanted to go for you know ultra hard mode um (laughs) i think maladroit is too good i think it's Uh, yeah it's kind of like weezer's white album if they didn't already have an album called the white album um (laughs) it's weezer's the beatles white album because it's a bunch of weird odds and ends but to me it is it is is perfect because like we were just talking about, Weezer always kind of drags their songs on too long. You know, it's like, oh, it's got to be the perfect song structure. And Melodroid has all these very short songs that are just like, the idea cannot overstay its welcome. It's just the, these beautiful melodies, like incredible songwriting, but kind of exploring odd twists and turns and different avenues. And then just, you know, leaving uh, when it's done all it, it needs to do and i think that you know i wish maladroit was longer it's only like 30 minutes long uh, but i wish it was like double the length and just there was much, that much more to explore but i think death and destruction is like the idea of the band that i wish weezer was and that's why i started my album that way what did you think of this track dan yeah, um, it, it's not a surprise to find out from you that it is um, like a deep cut. It, it felt like a deep cut. Um, I'm trying not to give too much away, but it it, it was slow and uh, f- felt like a little bit of an odd choice uh, at the at were, the beginning. Were you surprised um, that like this was Weezer? You know. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I think what you said, Gabe, um, about how, like, you know, people don't expect this song. They kind of think of Weezer as a joke band at this point. And, I mean, I am one of those people, and I do think that. And I I felt that way about about this song. Um, you know, it really wasn't w- what I was expecting. And, and yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't feel like a, you know, quote, unquote, what I had the idea of a, a Weezer song to be. Well, there we go. That's that's what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to. I was thinking specifically of you through a lot of making this playlist, <laughs> and I was like, I've got to shake Dan of these misconceptions. I got to show him right away. This is not your dad's fucking Weezer album. Um, okay, so wait, 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 wait. Before we continue, could I? Can I don't. You know, would it be worth like maybe mentioning what our overall approach was before we go track by track? Continue now on? let's. Let's save that. You, we'll, okay. we'll just get mention as things go on. So with track two, what were you trying to do with your track two pick? Right. So, you know, my goal for this, you know, these 10 tracks um, were to try to split it up as if you were listening to, you know, a vinyl record, right? So I, I was really mm-hmm. focused in on like, all right, what are these first five tracks going to be like? What are the second five tracks, right? So, uh, you know, I started off with Keep Fishing because I really wanted like a, like a Smells Like Teen Spirit type of opening, you know, like I, I kind of had Nevermind on my mind for some reason and 
as you know, Nevermind or uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit is followed up by like In Bloom. So like, you know, you keep the momentum going. That's kind of okay. what I was trying to go with. So I picked Tripping Down the Freeway, freeway sorry, um, from <laughs> Ratitude. Uh, you know, <clears throat> definitely an album that I struggled finding a track to uh wow. to include um that you know there are there are a couple of tracks on there there's that opening sig- single um which i think is a good song you know but uh there wasn't a whole lot there that i i really wanted to work with tripping down the freeway has always been one that i i did like a lot and i felt like it kind of continued the you know the high energy that keep fishing okay. has and um that's where I yeah that's where I went with it okay I see I I mean this is going to be on my list it's our only shared song so I'll have more to say about it a little later but I do think it's a great song and I think Ratitude is you know it's a fun album it's got a couple gems on it Um, honestly there were a couple other songs that were in my kind of first draft um, of this of, of this playlist and um yeah, I, I guess I'll save some of my comments, but I'll just mention now that I think it's so ridiculous, but still love this kind of refrain of like 08 and 09, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, 09 yeah. and 010, 010 and 011. Um, it's like cute in the in the best like Weezer kind of way. Um, what did you think of this one, Dan? Um, is this a single, like a, a radio hit? I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. Okay, well, it, I don't think it, so because I know, like, if you're wondering if I want you to, yeah, yeah, I want yeah. you to. That was like the big single from that record, and then "Can't Stop Partying" also. But looks like it was a later single, but I don't remember ever hearing it. Okay, you know, making well, traction. It, it, it kind of feels like it could be like a radio yeah. hit, and I sort of mean that in a negative way. Like it, it feels like <laughs> okay. that. It's it's kind of silly. This is sort of what I was thinking of uh, Weezer to be in my uh-huh. mind, just mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of stupid and like it's sort of a, a pointless kind of song. Um, but but what you said, Darren, about like, you know, thinking of Nevermind, this does sort of feel like if Keep Fishing, um, what was your Smells Like Teen Spirit, this does sort of feel like In Bloom, like a slightly, you know, st- still a single sounding song, but but slightly less so than the, um, you know, the big hit hit from it um so I, th- I think that was a good analogy and you know i sort of feel like that um but it's not as good as in bloom yeah i can't really <laughs> well, yeah and i can't i can't really knock you for feeling like this is a little bit on the cheesier side you know um sure yeah, very sure. I, I think what this you know the song's strength is in its you know hook that you know rivers is I, just a really talented songwriter even if the subject matter you know is not always like the most moving, you know what I mean? I will right. say that the, the, this song, probably more than any of the others, and maybe because I had to listen to it twice as much since it was <laughs> yeah, on both right. plays, like, uh, it gets stuck in my head. Like, I, I feel like I know yeah. I know this song, like the lyrics of it already. Yeah, it's a real than, earworm, for sure. Yeah. It's very, very catchy, and I think it does do a nice job of maintaining the momentum on your album. My track, too, is Lonely Girl from Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Not an album I like that much, mm. but I wanted to, you know... You mentioned using Nevermind as your template, and I was using Pinkerton as my template, even though it kind of it goes off the rails in ways I'll talk about. But you know, you start with the weird one: "Tired of Sex," "Death and Destruction," um, kind of abrasive raw guitars, breathy vocals, you know. Um, and then the next track needs to be a banger, okay? Because on Pinkerton it's "Get You," and here it's "Lonely Girl," which is basically 
just this super tight jam of a garage rock song. And on this album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End, they did a great job of capturing, you know, that kind of earlier Weezer sound with the raw, you know, the raw guitars and the energy, um, the kind of like looser harmonies that are not so, you know, perfect, crystal clear. Um, And I think it's just a, a great jam and a way to kind of take the energy up a notch after death and destruction it really makes me it really sounds like a like it could have come straight off the green album to me even though it's a little less polished than that um darren would you also consider this a deep cut i'm not as much of a fan as you are of this album yeah i would um you know it it wasn't one of my earlier it wasn't on any of my earlier drafts um Uh i do like this song a lot i love this album as i mentioned before um, you know, I, I would, I would honestly put Lonely Girl as like a, you know, very Pinkerton-esque, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, type of, mm-hmm. uh, type of song for sure. Um, you know, I think that it's, uh, it's a good, it's a good placement like on your list. And, um, although it would not have, it's obviously not the choice that I would have made for this, for this album, but I, I like it. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to like maintain this high. I'm, I'm building with my side one. Um, I'll talk more about that, but, uh, Dan, you couldn't possibly find anything to hate about this lovely (laughs) two minute garage rock song, right? No, I don't hate it. Um, I did appreciate the, um, sort of rawness and, and less produced because a big complaint I have about a lot of these songs is way too polished, way too, um, produced, Um, so this song didn't have that, but it's also a little forgettable. It's it's one of the songs I like. Str- mm-hmm. Like I had to kind of struggle to remember so that I could talk about it. You know, like I, I wrote down notes. Uh, you know, okay. um, <laughs> nice. it, it just was. It was a little bit of like one of those songs that like once it's over, it's just got gone from your mind. You know, um, but but I, yeah. I, I did enjoy. I think the it drags. I think it. it drags a little in the end. You know. Right, it, it kind of goes on and on. I don't know. I, I, I like when those uh, high guitars come in, like sort of over the over the ending. It's one of those songs that like could be on a good album because it's not like a bad song. It's just like you know, if this was Nevermind, it would be. Uh, I can't even think what bad bad example, but uh, you know, like a song, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a song that one you're those like late tracks. Yeah, just like one of the ones that it's like. It doesn't immediately come to your mind, but yeah, you know when you yeah. hear it, you're not like, "Oh, I hate that tr- song." You know, um, it's just like, you know a little forgettable. Well, you mentioned, you know, Gabe, you mentioned like "Get You" from Pinkerton, and right. you know, Pinkerton's obviously perfect, but I would probably say "Get You" is one of the least, you know, my least favorite track on on Pinkerton. Not that it's not a good track, but you know what I mean compared to the other. Yeah, on I mean. There. Yeah, it's not a juggernaut. It's like not meant to be a juggernaut. And so I was like kind of intentionally not going for a juggernaut. You know, I just wanted a heater. You know, I wanted something to like bring the bring the heat to this thing after death and destruction and maintain that kind of raw sound because I really want this new this image of the new Weezer to to stick in your mind. It, it now, does it does go well with death and destruction. I will say that. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I wanted you to say. Uh, track three. Darren, what is your pick and why? So my pick was La Mancha Screwjob. Uh-huh. You, you love that, right, Dan? Great. great oh title. God! <laughs> Honestly, before you before you start, when I saw that song, that song title, I was like, "Oh God, what what the fuck did I get myself into?" <laughs> yes, uh, that's off of Pacific Daydream um, uh-huh. from 2017. And you know, all right, if if I'm if I'm thinking about, never mind. This is the kind of like come as you are track, right? So there was like an immediate you know change there you know the momentum kind of slows down just a little bit so i'm stripping away some of that super heavy guitar 
for uh-huh. you know a little bit of a different feel and something that I am hoping that later on in the playlist will kind of like come back to. It's not just like okay. a one and done type of uh, okay. type of theme. Yeah, I get what you mean because we we talked on our previous podcast about this album, Pacific Daydream. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of a lark. You know, we thought it'd be funny to uh, talk about how bad Weezer is now. And at the time, I really thought it was kind of overproduced shit. And in listening back to it this these past two weeks, I was like, I really like a lot of the songs on this album. The problem is this super modern production. And I think, you know, in terms of your playlist, this makes for kind of a jarring transition. We get this kind of like high vocal, like Skrillex Diplo shit at the beginning. And it's mm. just so produced um and and you even get this like these millennial whoops you know are part of the part of the hook you know with like the o's and everything um it's you know it's i don't know it's an it's it's like kind of a i think some of these songs and especially this song are great but produced in such in a way that's already dated Mm -hmm. not even two years later how did you do with this song dan yeah, you actually brought up a lot of the points that I that I wrote down. Um, I really hate that like pitched up weird vocal thing at the beginning. <laughs> I like when that started. I was like, oh well, we got a contender for uh, the star for most annoying song. Um, but then but, it goes away and never comes back. Yeah, right? it goes at the end. It comes back. Yeah, at the very end. But but uh, I like that it goes away and doesn't come back. But if it's not going to come back, what's what's the fucking point of it? You know. Um, but that aside. You know, it's a decent pop song. You know, it, it's not a sure. bad song. Um, it's not a great song, but it's not it's not horrible. I I, I would say I enjoyed it. Um, like I wouldn't be if this did come on the radio, I wouldn't change the station. Uh, you know, I, I'd sit through it. Um, it. Just the production, like you said, Gabe, it already feels kind of dated in in just you know year and a half, two years later, um, which you know doesn't. If, if you're looking for classic songs, you know, that's not a good sign, you know, already sounding dated. Um, yeah. But also, just for the record, yeah. since earlier I said I only knew, like, five post-Pinkerton songs that you brought up how we reviewed Pacific Daydream, I wasn't on that episode, so I'd, I'd right, never have listened right, to that right. album. Just <laughs> right. for the record. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, I, I, too, you know, even despite liking some of these Pacific Daydream songs um, a lot, the production made it hard to fit into a playlist and so i do appreciate i guess we'll get into it later that darren you tried to tie it to something later on i think that was smart um my third track hang on from hurley uh, which came out in 2010 um again i'm continuing to build here um you're coming down i'm still going up hang on is i think still firmly rooted in that uh weezer as prototypical emo band um emo indie rock band um mold you know it, it's coming out of that and it but it's got a bigger more anthemic kind of hook um it's got for some reason michael Sarah on some backing vocals and some mandolin i don't know if you guys knew that or not <laughs> i um, didn't <laughs> little cameo but I, I think the hook is really uh, really really moving and powerful um but but i think to get to this like brighter bigger production I had to build up to it, and um, and so that's what I tried to do. And and now we're, now we're gonna start hitting those highs. I think. What did you think of this pick, Darren? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned before. Well, no, I, I didn't mention anything about Hurley, but you know, Hurley is another album that 
I felt like was, you know, there were there weren't a whole lot of choices that I was excited about. Um, hmm. You know, Hang On was on one of my earliest lists as, as well as a song, uh, Smart Girls. But, you know, when I came back and like listened to them, which it had been a while, obviously, I was like, no, I just couldn't. They, they just didn't feel right. You know what I mean? And I, I was trying to actively avoid the cheesiest of songs because I knew Dan was just going to, you know, uh-huh. shit all over <laughs> it's really worried about that. And that cuts away a lot of you know, <laughs> tracks to choose. Are, are you saying that this, uh, that this one is a little cheesy to you? I mean, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's a strong song, you know, R- rivers again, another great pop track, but you know, for me, it just, it kind of drags a bit and I just kind of get tired of it. it. It's not as like oh, wow. earwormy in terms of like, I'm walking away, like singing the song over and over again. Like I was I doing. I can't believe for... that. Yeah. I think that that chorus is just huge. I mean, I just, I just love it. And I actually find it genuinely kind of moving. Uh, how did you fare, Dan? Well, uh, second to tripping down the freeway. I think this is the one that got, you know, stuck in my head. The, there you go. Next, but not in a good way. This song is oh. awful. <laughs> this song is really bad. It's wow, so cheesy. It's so cheesy. Uh, oh, man. I hate those like uh, sing songy chorus, like with the the back and vocal. Uh, oh, it's bad. See, it's I, a bad song. I like to believe. I like to believe I earned the emotional moment because I, I thought really hard about building to it um, with this kind of I, rougher, like more rooted in emo sound. I get what you're, what you're thinking, but this is like, <laughs> this is an emotional, this is an emotional moment. Like, you know, would be in some sort of shitty rom-com, you know, it's like a, it's a very manufactured wow. emotional moment. Um, yeah. I, oh God. I, hate, I hated that song a lot. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, track four here. Um, Darren, what'd you pick? Yep, I picked Oh Girlfriend from the Green Album 2001. Um, You know, I wanted to continue to kind of shift things a little bit. Um, You know, we stripped away some of the heavy distorted guitar on La Mancha Screwjob. Um, With this track, I kind of wanted to do some sort of like a ballad. I mean, I think Oh Girlfriend kind of fits into that slower... Um, uh-huh. tempo almost like a ballad type of track um but i did want to return to just you know straight up weezer in the sense of like guitars and you know rivers singing and everything like that and i think the green album was a great choice i mean there's a lot of great choices on the green album for that sort of thing and oh girlfriend's like a song that i like a whole lot and i know it's the closing track but i really don't feel like it sounds like it has to be a closing track like you know some okay. songs that you hear just you know immediately like this should be a closer uh should be the type of song that you close a, a concert with or whatever oh girlfriend doesn't really didn't really feel that way to me what do you think of the pick game yeah i get what you're saying about that and I, I think you're right and i think that's actually a problem i have with the green album is it ends a little anticlimactically mm-hmm. especially it's their third album you know it's coming after the uh you know in uh, only in dreams uh from the blue album and then butterfly from pinkerton mm-hmm. and now you know this is just nothing like those big grand statements and that's kind of like the i guess issue with the green album is it just feels like very light um but i agree that that allows something like oh girlfriend to work in the middle of an album i still do kind of feel though like it's a rather um it's a little bit longer than it needs to be it's like a little bit of a plotting kind of mid-tempo thing and 
you know, I, I found myself thinking, I think it's perfectly catchy, but not one of my favorites. I found myself kind of understanding what you were trying to do, like a kind of a come down here. But I think what you just mentioned kind of hurts it because you're like, you know, you're like halfway between taking it down and not, which made this feel a little bit like a, a stretch of the album that was a drift. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can understand what you're saying. Okay. How'd you do, Dan? Uh, for me, I, I, you know, I felt like this was sort of Darren's first uh, filler kind of song. Um, Ooh, you know, it was a ten tracks. There's no room for filler, Darren. That's that, <laughs> yeah, that's a little true. But you know, like his his first three, like I could all see being sort of radio singles. And uh-huh. I mean, like he said with his Nevermind thing, which I didn't know before. You know, starting this, it, you know, it makes a little sense. You know, you get you got the singles, and you got to have one that's that's not a single. Um, it, it was like <laughs> sure. a, a decent, a slower kind of song. You know, it, there was nothing bad about it, but it didn't, uh, you know, didn't stick out to me. I, you know, in, in a week, I, I'm not going to remember that song at all, uh, kind of thing. But you know, it wasn't awful. It's just, just sort of a decent filler kind of track. Yeah, I just didn't, you know, I didn't think I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make sure that you notice, even if you you noticing it is like, oh, well, this is not as big of a single as the other tracks, like at least says something that it's not like repetitive like oh every song just sounds the yeah same. i mean like blurring uh, together you know what i mean to be honest you know you don't want just hit after hit after hit after hit um you know because i can get a little exhausting um not to say that the other yeah. three songs are so fantastic but uh you know in this <laughs> in this pretend world um you know <laughs> it, it's decent enough i'll say Right, and I'm yeah. trying to bring you down a little bit to you know pick you up for the climactic midpoint of the album. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think that you know, I, I, I yeah, I get, I get what you're trying to do. Now, what what I'm trying to do with my with my fourth track here is, um, which is tripping down the freeway, which we talked about previously from Ratitude, um, is kind of reach the climax of side A, um, which I've been building up to trying to build up to now tripping down the freeway we talked about how it's fun how it's kind of silly again i'm following this pinkerton template where you got tired of sex is this like weird kind of raw emotional thing get you is like turn the heat up no other one take it a little emotional hang on does the same thing some people with no heart would think call that corny or like you know too much <laughs> but it's actually really moving and then we get why bother as the fourth track which is another heater you know another wild one so you know, I thought that I could, I could uh, ape that and go with a more fun track. Now, here's here's my theory though with Weezer is that the best Weezer songs, maybe not the best, but some of the best, what they do is they are silly, but then kind of unexpectedly moving at the same time. You know, I think of like El Scorcho as the perfect example of this. You know what I mean, Darren? Oh yeah, for sure. And, and I think that the issue is the context. I think a lot of their songs of late seem very, very silly, but in a better context, they would be quite moving. So again, you guys found it a little too, a little too heavy on the emo side of things, but I tried to build up with fairly um, rooted in emo songs so that when I get to this silly one, that earworm of a hook is actually kind of moving. Did I succeed at all, Darren? I mean, I think you did because even coming into this, and I know I picked Tripping Down the Freeway for my um, playlist, um, 
I, I wasn't too high on it at first. Um, it was through repeated listens. I was like, you know what? This this needs to stick around. Like, this song actually is very good. And, you know, I was surprised that this was the only track that we, uh, you know, both Me picked, too. actually. Really? Um, and in, even more surprised on the placement. You know, I put it kind of like on the front end and you're sort of closer closer to the middle. But it wor- it seems to work really well in both places. You know, I would... I would say that, or I would remind Dan here that, you know, you have, sound-wise, you've de- you've departed pretty far from Death and Destruction. You know, your last three tracks have been a lot of high energy, you know, yes, straight-up Weezer but, songs. You know, <laughs> well, you, no, 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 no. They've been, they've been building, I think. I think they've really been building. I mean, this is, this is Dan, certainly Dan, a... Dan, what, what do you think, Dan? Come on. I mean, I don't want to, you know, uh, show my hand too soon because, uh, you know, one of the stars is the best use of tripping down the freeway. Um, (laughs) But I I get what Gabe's going for, um, you know, building up. I I didn't really get the like, oh, the serious songs made me feel this one wasn't so goofy. (laughs) Maybe maybe because I kind of thought the earlier songs were a little goofy, too. Um, so, you know, maybe that's, that's just my opinion, but, um, you know, I, I get what, I get what you're going for. Okay. Okay. At least there's that, you know, I I think, yeah, your, your placement of it, Darren works really well to sustain your momentum, which is starting off at a 10. Uh, but like we were just talking about, I think by the time of, Oh, girlfriend, it becomes hard to keep that, keep that going. Um, but I think I, I, I used it as sort of the high point. I think it's actually not like the biggest you know, loudest, most fun kind of a kind of a song. But I didn't want to peak so high. I didn't want to actually go that. I'm sticking with the deep cuts. I'm sticking with the flow. Let's get on to your outrageous. I think track five pick. Tell us about it, Darren. Wow, uh, it is the greatest man that ever lived from the Red Album. Oh, you know, I, I this was actually one of the first songs that I picked out for this list. I was like, this one is going there i don't know where it's where it's going to be but it's going to either be at the end or like right there in the middle and so in building this you know album i thought i want track five to kind of be a centerpiece i want it to be a longer track i want it to be i want it to drag you know to grab your attention um and this track to me it's one of my favorites on the red album um even though the red album is not a great album um overall you know it's the one that has like the other people in weezer singing on like yes tracks or whatever completely awful (laughs) um which then weezer writes a song or uh, rivers writes a song on the next album saying yeah sorry uh sorry for doing that (laughs) um but anyway this song has like a lot of different movements and it explores like pretty much all of like rivers and weezer in general like their entire range you know you've got like the acoustic kind of ballady moment, like a movement, you could call it. You've got them singing like a like a choral, which um, you know they, you know Weezer is known for trying to, you know, work on vocal melodies and you know they, they harmonies took lessons and all and, that. Yeah, they took lessons like right after the Blue Album. I mean, they were really really big into that. Um, so you see that here. Uh, you see like a variation of different styles, and I mean Rivers deliberately was trying to go for like all right this movement is like green day this movement's like nirvana you know all culminating in what is weezer's sound which is like the very last movement um and it's the most weezer sounding thing you could possibly imagine but to me i love this track i wanted it to just 
sit right here in the middle and kind of like blow you away. And I really hope it did, Dan. But first, Gabe, tell me why you hate this track. What the hell? I fucking hate this song so much. <laughs> um, I and I think you may have lost yourself the competition with this pick because. Wow. It's outrageous. I mean, it's just... So first off, all of your songs have been kind of on the longer side. You know, I, I deliberately picked like, you know, two and a half minutes, two minutes, 40 seconds. You know, so hit you with these like... The Weezer is best when it's short, like all of Maladroit is. Um, this one is so long. We get this like... I mean, this terrible rap intro, you know? Talk about walking through their inspirations. I don't know if that was like Public Enemy or what that was, but terrible. Um you know, the, the the whole song is completely simple, uh, silly. You know, I, I wrote down on my notes here, you know, this song is so silly. Actually, every Red Album song is silly. Why is the Red Album so bad? Um, <laughs> it is like this period, you know, we, we haven't gone that much into like Weezer lore, but I don't know what kind of midlife crisis he goes through around this time, but it's like they just stop trying. They enter this really deliberately silly phase and you know there are a couple nice moments on this but you know immediately you know they last like a couple bars and then immediately we're into like this stupid monologue you know about like all the world's a stage and everything and you know know. that's that's the elvis movement you know but you know nobody nobody hates elvis for having like a monologue and i know i know i know but how do we take this seriously and that's the other thing that i was trying to do with mine is like the context is so important it's like, you know, you've been having these, you've been having too much fun this whole album, and now you throw this in here, and it just sounds damn silly, in my opinion. Dan, say it ain't so. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I did. Very um, nice. <laughs> this song is god awful. Um, <laughs> it, it is really. I bad. knew it. I knew it's it. So silly, like. Uh, you know th- this red album I've, I've never listened to it but if you asked me after listening to this playlist if you asked me which album is somebody wearing a fedora on the cover i would guess <laughs> i would guess the red album and i and i would be or at what point did weezer officially become a joke band yeah the red album is, is yeah the yeah i would pick that this song it's just silly and not in a fun way it just it's really bad this is a really bad song yeah it's yeah. I, I can't I, I don't even know what to yeah do. I honestly I can't, believe, can't I can't I honestly I'm, can't I'm think of something nice to say about it it's um is it is it moving to you Darren or do you like the silliness or, or what I don't what think is, it's I honestly don't I, I don't think of it as like you don't a joke think song. it's I really silly don't. I don't think it's silly I really don't I, I I actually think this is like an amazingly written track like how crap you know how to craft something like this and put it all together I think is like you know marvelous and i've always been a big fan of like rivers trying to you know go beyond just the simple like first chorus first type of style you know what i mean um you know about like the before pinkerton he was trying to write like this rock yeah space opera you know with <laughs> yeah. all these tracks like going together and stuff and it never really came to be like this sort of you know reminded me of that you know and i well, i get that the lyrics are like you know whatever it's it's not it's not the best i guess or whatever <laughs> but i don't know like i i just i think i love i love this track i really do i i didn't I know have. i didn't know the story about this space rock opera thing but if you ask me you know 
that this song is the one that most sounds like somebody who tried to rock, write a uh, a space rock opera. Yeah. yeah, it makes me glad that songs from the black hole was never released. Frankly, <laughs> yeah, um, same. <laughs> no, that's that's absolute absolute heresy. I take that back. Um, okay, <laughs> track five for me is QB Blitz from Pacific Daydream. I actually found a Pacific Daydream song that I did not think was completely overproduced and impossible to fit into my album um, because again I'm trying to keep that emo indie rock uh roots thing going on but i think this is kind of a you know this is my the end of side a it's it begins feeling kind of like a ballad and while it picks up at the end it kind of keeps like this you know a little like kind of nursery rhyme like sort of mellow um almost melancholy kind of vibe to it um and in this case i think that the kind of production actually serves it well because it sounds kind of like spacious and um you know, lots of nice reverb on there and stuff. So, again, I kind of went from uh, built built you up from death and destruction. Okay, built you up like the phoenix rising again, and now uh, <laughs> the side end of side A, where uh, we're taking a little breather. What do you think about this pick, Darren? I mean, could you, get, Dan? You got to tell me. Like, could he not have picked a cheesier song? Like the what? cheesiest title, the cheesiest chorus. QB Blitz. I mean, this you're, is you're gonna say is, that we, after this is Rivers, I, <laughs> the I greatest mean, man. If that you're ever gonna lived. hate on, now he's if offended. Hate on, now he's insulted. If you're gonna hate on the greatest man, then you better be hating on this one. I mean, I can't. I I, I don't like this track. Well, wow. it's funny, Gabe. You said that you picked it because it was one from Pacific Daydream that wasn't an overproduced mess. And my my first note on this song is not an overproduced mess. Hey. Exactly. Uh, in those words. Um, I I liked this song. I, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't find it. Yes. I see where I mean, this is all going now. It, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a little... I, maybe I don't get the court. Like, does, that means like quarterback, right? Like, is it like a football thing? Because <laughs> I really don't... No, that's... <laughs> I really don't know what, what, what he means by QB blitz. It, um, it, it was like... Uh, I, I could have done without the uh, the backing vocals a little bit if I have to be picky, but um, I, I thought that was a pretty good song. It, it was decent enough. Hey. And you, well, you notice that he drops a line about Star Wars in there, too. Oh, I figured I, that's why Gabe actually threw this on here. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I, I didn't even realize. What was he saying? He, he says, out on the ice fields on Hoth. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I do really like the uh, line, uh, you've got to choose between the internet and me. I find that very <laughs> funny for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, suck it, Darren. Okay. <laughs> All right, so track six, we're both starting our uh, our B sides here. Uh, what'd you pick, Darren? Uh, you know, I went back to Maladroit and cho- chose Burnt Jamb. Mm. Um, obviously one of my favorite tracks on Maladroit. Um, I wanted to kind of come back to the vibe that I felt like La Mancha Screwjob sort of had, the you know, minus the distorted guitar. And after uh. blowing your mind with the greatest man that ever lived, obviously, I figured, <laughs> you know, take a, st- take a step back with uh, kind of just a really cool jam. You know, another Maladroit track that, like Gabe, you had mentioned, just kind of a Excellent. really cool idea, something that was just different. You know what yeah. I mean? Something that you don't really come back to, but just that sort of white album esque um, feel to it. Good. So that's and I, I felt like it's a great way to start the second side of an album. 
I agree. I agree. If you hadn't completely tanked the previous side, uh, <laughs> this would be a great a great start to the second side. Um, I love this song. I mean, I love like all the songs on Melodroid, but this is definitely a highlight. It was on like my very final drafts, and um, you know, I, fa- I was so focused on the flow. I just found that if I you know if I put this actually, I wanted to make it start side two as well. Uh, if I put this there, it would completely alter the course of the rest of the uh, of the album. So ended up not, but it, it is a um, it's funky, it's fun, it's an odd, interesting structure. Like these intrusions of kind of metal guitar are just genuinely fun and um, like geeky in the way that you know Weezer used to be geeky in a charming way, and I, I really really feel that um, on this one. But like all of the uh, all of the songs on Maladroit, something they've they've mostly lost since is uh, there's kind of like a weight, like an emotional weight to this. The, like the breathy way he's singing, it, it just feels like he's being more serious and feeling more about it. Did you like the song, Dan? I mean, maybe just because it came after the greatest man that ever lived. Um, you know, <laughs> you really couldn't do <laughs> any wrong here. But uh, no, no, I uh, I joke. <laughs> but I, I I thought this was a, a decent enough song. You brought up those uh, sort of metal guitars that, that come in. Could have done without that little little guitar soloy uh, for me. Mm. Um, if you know, if I'm being picky, I, I would have got rid of those. But uh, you know, it was a good song. I, I thought it was a good start to a second side of a record. You know, sort of being in the middle. Um, it, it was like sort of one of those um, kind of hidden, like a hidden B side sort of gym. You know, like yeah. it didn't seem like a single, but um, you know, it's one that like. You know, if this was a real album, you know, nobody's going to pick Smells Like Teen Spirit as their favorite song on Nevermind. You know, this right, this is right, the right. song you would pick, you know. You're yeah, right. You're yeah, right. I, I sort of and, that, and I really believe that Maladroy is like mostly that. They kind of knock out these couple big s- singles, including Keep Fishing right off the top. And then the rest of it is those kind of hidden gems, which are my favorite types of songs. Um, I, too, went to Maladroy to start uh, side uh, two here. But I picked Slave, the song. Um I think that it gives a nice reset because it starts with this kind of drone, like droning in um, sound. And it's, you know, quite, I think it's quite emotional. I think it's got kind of that, like, th- this is like the the emoist Weezer. And I mean that in like the first wave emo kind of sense. Again, maybe it's been a little thick for you guys. Maybe I'm just weird, but this is like the Weezer that I like. Um, the almost cheesy but um really hard on your sleeve kind of weezer um i think this song is just so catchy and so genuinely moving and again with the raw maladroit guitars and the breathy vocals and the feeling and the weight to it um you know i mentioned kind of trying to copy pinkerton and i think pinkerton does a similar kind of a side b side thing we close with across the sea which is quite quite the ballad and then we kind of start off um you know kick it off again with with a little more energy and um I'm almost going to repeat the formula from side A with side B. So this is kind of the death of dis- death and destruction of side B. What do you think about this pick, Darren? I think it's an excellent track. You know, um, you. This is my favorite. This is one of my favorite versions of Rivers, where he mm-hmm. just seems like the shy, nerdy sort yeah. of guy who just has an incredible talent for writing, you know, songs and um, and kind of expressing himself through the song. And uh, this one is an earworm. Um, it's hard to argue against it. Um, I kind of thought that you would have... I, this song reminds me of Oh Girlfriend. Like, I feel like that song has the same mm. sort of like emotional element to it, but um, you didn't seem to think the same when we were talking about Girlfriend. But I, I like this pick. I do. 
how did you do, Dan? I, I thought it was good. Um, you know, now that you, you bring up that, you know, sort of starting your, your B-side, it does sort of feel a little bit like Death and Destruction in, in a good way. Um, nice. Uh, not really an earworm. I, I kind of disagree with Darren uh, wow. on that. It, you know, this wasn't one that, that caught, you know, that got stuck in my head or anything. In fact, it's one that I, like, sort of struggled a little bit to remember. Ooh. Uh, after Ooh. after hearing it, uh, keep I, going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I thought it was you know it's overall a, a good song. It's sort of in the same way Burnt Jam uh, is like you know one of the deeper um, cuts. It, it felt like that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe not too as good. You know, not as good as Burnt Jam, but eh, it's a good song okay. overall. All right. Again, trying to set that tone for the B yeah. side, like I, a, like a try to A side. All right, Darren. Track seven, what's your pick? I went with Do You Want to Get High from the White Album, 2016. And, uh, you know, Gabe, I seriously take issue <laughs> with the fact that you did not include a single track off the White Album. You know how much I love that record. I yeah. feel like that was a real slap in the face. Um, <laughs> I tried. I, re- I really, really tried. I-, I had for a long time... Um, Girl, we got a good thing, which I think is yeah. a fantastic song. Uh, yeah. But that was that was on like the second to last draft here, and just didn't quite make the cut. But go on, why? Yeah. Uh, why do you want to get high? <laughs> um, you know, I really wanted this second half of the album to focus a little bit on a bit more abrasive sound um, after Burn Jam, right? So these last couple of tracks, that's mm. kind of what I was thinking of. Um, and do you want to get high? To me, it actually reminds me a lot of Pinkerton. In fact, the solo in, in this song is yes. actually very similar to Pink Triangle, like almost note for note. Um, wow! And uh, I I stuck that track in here deliberately for that. I mean, there's a lot of great tracks on the White Album: California Kids, Wind in Our Sail, uh, L.A. Girls. I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but um, you know, th- it was a very that album is a very like beach gives me a very beach vibe, right? And that's just uh-huh. not the vibe I was really going for at all on this record. Um, and do you want to get high? Doesn't really fit in that beach. <laughs> vibe so i feel like it fits better here than it actually does on the white album but um yeah huh. what do you think yeah i think that um yeah i think you're right actually that they're because this one's got like a kind of darkness to it um there's another one jacked up which has like a real darkness to it from the white album um, which i also really like but um yeah i mean i wouldn't say this is one of my favorite songs love the solo with the like kind of ooze you know like that come in um that just felt like such classic weezer and the solo is so sloppy but it really sits in contrast with i think all of the white album which is produced like a big modern rock record um i really just don't like the way this one sounds and you know i find this song catchy but just kind of uh you know not uh not overwhelmingly so and i, th- I think Again, it's a little bit of that kind of plodding tempo and a little bit on the longer side. I think somehow you picked a lot of the like longest feeling Weezer songs. Um, what do you think, Dan? I, I kind of like this song. Um, it, this song was like goofy, silly in the way that Weezer like sort of used to be, uh, I feel like with the blue album. Okay. And like in a, okay. in kind of a fun way, like it sort of reminds me of uh, mm-hmm. Buddy Holly, like lyrically, you know, like Buddy Holly, if wow. you like, I mean, that's a great song. And, but if you like look at the lyrics, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty kind of goofy. <laughs> and I felt like, you know, this one was kind of like that. Like, um, what does he say? Like we can listen to Bacharach or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Um, 
I, I wish the if if this song was produced like the you know Blue Album or Pinkerton, a little yes. less modern rock uh, kind of, it would be. I think this would be like a, a great kind of classic Weezer song, and they just mm-hmm. sort of blow it with the with the production a little bit. But um, overall, I, I like that song. Doesn't it kind of feel like like almost all these albums would be you know quite good, Darren, if they were just produced like the Blue Album Pinkerton? Yeah, like if Weezer just produced it themselves like they did with Pinkerton, you know, and just yes. no, I, did their best, recorded it live or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, like one of one of my favorite things about the Blue Album in, in particular is the way the drums sound. They just sound, they sound like when you're in the room with, with a drum set. And I, and I love that uh-huh. sound. And on all these post-Blue Pinkerton things, it sounds like studio produced drums and uh yeah yeah bugs me. well and I, I you know rivers rivers songwriting has always been strong but like i mentioned back when we talked about pacific daydream gabe it really feels like he just goes to this like playbook and yes crafts his songs based on like the most perfect you know four bar melody and then puts it together with something else and like there's no there's no soul in that right and when he's writing like the blue album on pinkerton i'm imagining he's just in this journal just jotting down all sorts of ideas and things like that and just going for it but nowadays it's like he's got this perfect which he does he has basically a playbook that he refers to and if he hears something or something comes to mind he'll jot it down and we may see it like two albums later you know Uh, yeah yeah i mean it it does have like a sort of calculated like algorithm inspired sound a lot of the time i didn't want to mention it while dan was fawning over qb blitz but that has another one of those absolutely (laughs) terrible uh bridges that are just the laziest things ever Mm -hmm. um my track seven is not like that at all it's glorious day in my opinion the best song on the green album uh and that includes hash pipe um (laughs) this song is kind of like that classic again that emotional emo kind of weezer that hard raw guitar sound down strum like garage band kind of thing um but it's it's like got a it kind of builds i think nicely off of slave because it's got that same kind of vibe but a little bit more propulsion to it it's kind of like picking up and again i'm going to try to build build things up slowly over this side um again no shitty bridge instead we just get a solo that literally just plays the verse melody which is a great fucking melody by the way um for like a bar and a half and then we jump right back into that last chorus and the thing is gone before you even have a chance to miss it do you like this song as much as i do darren not as much as you do um i do like it a lot um it's it works surprisingly well right next to slave i mean Mm -hmm. almost as Mm -hmm. if they could have just been on the same album which i know these were both recorded around the same time anyway but um i i like this song to me it's not my favorite on the green album um i grew to like it even more though listening to this playlist which i think is a good thing right yeah i mean that's an honor yeah, you've definitely sort of shown me that hey, this song is is uh, better than I thought. Because obviously, you know, I'm a bigger fan of like "Oh Girlfriend," the song that comes after this song. Uh-huh. And you sort of mentioned that, and you're right that it's kind of anticlimactic. Like either of those songs probably could have closed out um, the Green album. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Glory State could have done it just as well as "Oh Girlfriend." So, but yeah, Dan, what did you think? 
it's funny that you you said how it um you know it, it worked really well uh, right next to uh, Gabe's previous song, and I I really agree with that. I, I thought that that was uh yes. yeah that that was that was a good piece of sequencing right there. Uh, I thought those oh, those right. two really. If I didn't know any better, I you know I, I would have said that they were from the same record. Um, yeah. Overall, you know, good song. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Track eight, Darren. What'd you pick? Okay, um, I went for a a really deep cut here. Uh, <laughs> I picked a bonus track from the Red Album, uh, oh. a song called "Pig." Um, you know, Nevermind had Polly, right? Darren's <laughs> playlist has Pig. That's that's where that's where my mind is going here now. But let me give you a, a little bit of context, okay? So I first heard Pig as like a demo that Rivers had released just on the internet. I don't even uh-huh. think it ever came out on his alone records or anything. I still have it surprisingly. Um, and I was like enamored with it. Like it was just him and an acoustic guitar and a little bit of back and backing stuff. Obviously it was a demo. Um, and then it, I had, it just went away. It wasn't, I hadn't heard about it. And then it, I learned that it was coming out on the red album. So I was super excited for it. And you know, I, I, I love this track. It's it's a totally different take on Rivers. You know, he's like telling a story, which he doesn't seem to do that often. Yeah. I mean, just look at the context of all the songs that we've talked about. They're all like about a girl, about a love kind of thing. Right, know. right. Um, but like very specific, like emotions that he's going through or experiencing or like <clears throat> wanting a girl or whatever. Right. Pig, yeah. he's, he's, he's kind of getting almost into like a Paul McCartney type of mode where he's yes, telling yes. a story through you know describing the life of a pig actually you know what i mean but it's it's got a lot so much emotion i feel like it's like so moving even though it's just a story about you know a pig that only lives for a short amount of time before it gets slaughtered all of that um i i think it's an amazing track i can kind of see why it would be really difficult to try to find a good place for it on an album especially like the red album right. for instance um so i can understand why it was maybe a bonus track but I really wanted it to work here, so it's my track eight. <laughs> yeah, incredibly ballsy to yeah. pick, take Weezer's worst album and select a bonus track <laughs> yeah. off of it. Um, I think that the song is too long again, um, but is a nice song. I, th- I think it's a nice song, though. Um, the problem is that, you know, again, talking about context, I mean, this is true of the Red Album, obviously, where it's kind of a weird conceit, right? Where he's like speaking as if he's a pig, you know, he's like living his life and going to be slaughtered and everything. Um, and in the context of the Red Album, it sounds completely silly and ridiculous. I know it's not actually on the Red Album, but you've just listened to the Red Album. Now you're on the bonus tracks. It just sounds like the silliest, stupidest thing even though there's something kind of moving about it. In a better context, I think it would be kind of moving, and I think you partially succeed. I just don't really find, do you want to get high or burnt jam before it? You know, nothing on this side of your record so far as really kind of setting an emotional tone that would allow this to soar, in my opinion. Um, Other comments that I had about it, I don't really like this period. You know, I keep talking about the breathy vocals on Maladroit um, and Green Album. You know, I, I and some of the uh, everything will be all right in the end songs. You know, I, I don't really like this period, this middle period where he goes kind of like, I don't know, Freddie Mercury for a little while for some reason. There are even parts of this song where it sounds like he's going to go like, you know, that part of Bohemian Rhapsody, like, I've got to go, you know, like <laughs> the actual melody. Um, it's so dramatic 
I'm actually extremely curious to hear what you thought of this song, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you, it's ballsy to pick, uh, you know, a bonus track um, for, from the Red album. Uh, but my, 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 <laughs> my first note uh, on this song is Red seems like it's the worst album. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I uh, th- this doesn't help it. Th- this song, it's silly. <laughs> and I didn't really think of Queen, but now that you bring that up, Gabe, uh, that does make sense. And I fucking hate Queen a lot. Um, <laughs> wow. Not, not a good, not a good song. Not a, not a good song at all. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my track eight is also, also a ballsy pick, I think, because it comes from Make Believe, which, you know, if you don't think the Red Album is the worst, you probably think Make Believe is the worst. Is a song, This Is Such a Pity. Now, the issue with this song, I felt I had earned, again, I kept thinking about, could I earn these sillier Weezer moments? And there's something very silly about the production here, which kind of, like, mocks in a goofy way, you know, this really 80s production with these synths and these, like, palm-muted guitars and stuff. Um, even the solo is, like, this amazingly ridiculous you know like triple guitar harmonizing thing um it's it's got all the um it's got all the all the ingredients to be a silly ridiculous stupid late weezer song and yet i think the melody is quite moving and a fantastic chorus especially the end um where he sort of drags out the uh chorus melody he actually always does a really good job about that you know what i mean darren how like the last two bars of the last chorus he like changes the way mm-hmm. he sings it in a way that is always so good yes. yes that that is that is a talent for sure but so you know i thought that i had earned sort of a late album twist with the strange production again i was very focused on making the production work uh, which is hard with all these different sounding albums um i wonder what you think about this pick darren and why you didn't have the balls to put a make-believe song on your album Uh, well done i kind of hate you for putting this on here because again you you avoided um the white album for this (laughs) garbage album um i went back and listened to it and i will say that this is such a pity was the only song that i had on any early drafts Mm. of this playlist but you know i just i hate i really don't like this album at all and i don't like this song i just don't think it was good enough if you know i I feel like i would be trying to force it if i tried to put this song on here Um, you didn't think it was good enough to like escape the silly uh, production or you just really don't even like the song at all well i don't i don't really care for the song that much i think the production is too silly and i don't like the the overall sound of the album either like i i I feel like it, it sounds terrible compared to even the more polished and modern sounding records like it just doesn't it yeah. just was so jarring and like even i know you feel like you earned it on here but like i <laughs> i felt like this was a very jarring track when i got to this point i was like waiting for it to end usually wow dan what about you dan come on <laughs> um you know this one sort of surprised me because in my limited uh weezer knowledge i do know that make believe is you know much maligned um so i was kind of uh thinking that this song would be like super awful um but i thought you know it was okay um the production was a little corny um didn't dig that that much but i thought i thought the vocals were nice Uh, overall it was an it was an okay song um i didn't love it i didn't hate it It, but it did surprise me it was better than i expected it to be uh with make believe being so hated (laughs) there we go i'll take that i will take it it's Um, interesting that we picked 
make believe and red red album for <laughs> yeah track because uh because around track a is where you can like kind of throw a couple <laughs> yeah, curveballs I, exactly. I think that's where you can do it yeah um okay but track nine you got to start gearing up for uh the grand finale here the pent penultimate track so darren what'd you pick i picked i've had it up to here um the only track that i selected from everything will be all right in the end um because sadly you assholes would not let me use the uh, medley at the end which i don't even know if i would have ended up putting that into the album i just wanted it there at the very beginning anyway but um you could have spent three songs on (laughs) yeah that would have been real real ballsy right (laughs) yeah um so i picked i've had it up to here i wanted to you know after a you know very ballad like song in pig um, I wanted to kind of bring it back to where the album had started, um, which was like, obviously a lot of momentum, a lot of energy, high, you know, heavy guitar, Weezer at its best. Right. And I picked this song actually deliberately for, <laughs> for Dan, because it's, it's a song that's written basically towards the fans who hate Weezer post Pinkerton, <laughs> right? He, you know, mm-hmm. Rivers is being very like upfront about like, uh, you know, he's not trying to write for the masses, which is interesting, but like, he's, he's basically saying he's, you know, you know, I, I tried to give everything to you and, you know, you just more or less turned away and it didn't really seem to matter what he would, what kind of music he wrote it uh-huh. would never be good enough. Um, and then he, you know, says I've had it up to here, which I, I just, I don't know, thought it was a really, really great track. One last like punch before the finale what do you think Abe? yeah I, th- I think that's a very interesting message um this song though takes me on kind of a roller coaster of feelings which is i'm kind of like this verse is like too like weirdly too close to the red hot chili peppers or something hmm. and then really? the cor the chorus is like absolutely top-notch fantastic like green album style hook um love the chorus then we get kind of like a, you know, it's another song with a really, really dumb bridge, maybe the dumbest on between both of our albums. And then it gets really queenish all of a sudden toward the end um, with like the most Brian May guitar solo. It has to be intentional. Um, it's it's a mixed bag, but I will, you know, I'll I'll cherish the song for that chorus alone. What do you think, Dan? It is a mixed bag. Um, there's There's parts of it I like. Um, I, I think it's pretty catchy. It's a, it's a good song. I just, the production sort of knocks it down a a peg. I really would, you know, I think if something like this song was a little dirtier, little, you know, recorded in the, in their house or, you know, the garage or something like, I think that this could be like, I can see the bones of a, of a a good song here. Um, but you know, they fuck it up a little bit by being a rich, famous rock band. Um, you know, I could do without that guitar solo, um, you know, all that, but, but, you know, the, the bones are there. I, I, I think, I think it's a, a good song, you know, overall. Under three minutes, by the way. Just Finally. Mention that. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> stop hitting us with somehow Weezer's like only six minute songs. They're like all here. Um, <laughs> and then you pick a long There we song. go. Okay. Oh, yeah, here we yeah, go. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 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 All right, my next pick, my track nine, is uh, Dreamin'. It actually is a long song, and it does come from the Red Album. I think you also, Darren, had the ambition, which I started with, to put a song from every album on your album. Yes. Yep. I I tried. uh, I really tried, but um, not all of them stuck. 
particularly the White Album and the Teal Album didn't stand much of a chance. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, I was able to get this Red Album song on here, and it's probably my favorite song on the Red Album because I think the hook is very catchy, extremely fun. Again, I tried to earn that fun by... I don't know, building up, even this is such a pity, I think is kind of a, it's got a silliness to it, but it's got kind of like an emotional, um, you know, melancholy kind of uh, chorus and hook. Um, so I thought that I could earn a little fun. And at the same time, again, with that that idea that some of the silliest Weezer songs become unexpectedly kind of moving, I think that that, that hook and especially the outro or the end of this song um, as it kind of slows down and hits the chorus again and gives it gives you those like, ooh, ooh, uh, you know, it's like strangely moving to me. I could really do without the middle section. Uh, I, I would be OK with one. Um, we go through this kind of like barbershop quartet, like harmonizing thing, um, which was also all over uh, the uh, greatest greatest man that ever lived. Um, but it goes through one time. We get a random for no reason at all like electric guitar riff and then we do it again and build up from there and go into like a great outro um so it's probably 30 seconds longer than it needs to be but i think it's a pretty damn good song especially for the red album what do you think about this pick darren i don't like this song actually i'm gonna tell you why it was actually it was one of my early picks when i was thinking about the red album um besides the greatest man uh and the moment I I listened to it again, I was like, Dan will hate this song. He will absolutely hate this song. He'll think it's like. So and you cheesy. didn't feel that way about the greatest man. Ever I, didn't, lived? I didn't. Listen, oh listen. God. So so I so the you're right. The chorus is top notch. It's great. But you know what? I absolutely hate that whole like bluebirds section right, right, with right. like the other dude singing and then for some reason at the very very end of the song there's oh that i little, love that I part don't wanna i love it no love why it. why that it's like it's awful it doesn't even it's so jarring after like a, you know a already decent outro to have like this additional random it's al- so funny it's just in. like two bars of like it's total like a, silliness no it's totally like frankenstein in like right out of rivers's playbook just like oh i've got this thing here and no, i don't let me tack so. it on that's how it feels so. tacked on it totally it's it's i think it's like totally like a silly fun send up to the whole song that it preceded and you know again i i was really like intent on making like okay if you love pinkerton you'll love this version of weezer uh that i've created here that's like kind of rooted in pinkerton but has maybe um is maybe a little bit bigger a little bit brighter a little more anthemic and um you know, part of part of Weezer's identity is fun and silly, and I, I just thought that this was the perfect way to include a little bit of that. How did you do with it, Dan? Well, of the three Red Album songs I've I've now heard, uh, you know, th- <laughs> this is maybe the least shitty, but I'm s- s- All right. Red Album is is God, Red Album is definitely seeming like the worst <laughs> album. Uh, this this isn't helping. I I, I really agree with Darren. Make believe. I yeah. Well, I hate that outro. It's really stupid. The I don't want to get with your Man. program. That's so corny. That's that's like that's something yeah, that like you know a forty year old dad is like. Yeah, I'm a write up. I'm a write a punk song. Like hey, f- yeah, fuck, but I'm not it's funny. With you your can program. tell it's self aware, right? Yeah, can I can't. Like but that that doesn't make it like just because you're just because you oh, know you're God. telling a stupid joke doesn't make it a good joke. You know? Um, nah. I mean, it's. It's the least shitty Red Album song I've heard. I'll, I'll say that. All right. I'll take Wait, that. It's, it's better than Pig? That's what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> I'm totally going to win this. Um, all right. So uh, track 10. We are on the grand finale now. Darren, how did you choose to close your album? Uh, I went with Time Flies from Hurley, um, which is actually the closing track on that album. Uh, it was kind of an you should, early... You should lose a point just for picking a closing song and making well, it the closing song. I, I don't think that would be fair. But, uh <laughs> Mostly because I know Dan would not have known this song, and he would have known that this was the okay. closing song. Uh, you're, you're correct. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was a pretty early pick for me, though, uh, in terms of like huh. structuring this list. Um, I thought that, again, another side of Weezer, you know, and a very like indie, like lo-fi side of Weezer that you just never very. see. And after going through all of these, like, you know. Um, very polished tracks i kind of wanted to end on something that was um you know different but fun still had the you know great you know chorus as as usual um but something that i i, I thought dan would actually find pretty cool uh what did you think of this pick i you know to be honest i think on hurley this is a jarring strange closing and um Agreed. i think it is also so here uh Oh. The production is just so different. It's like, why are we in the world of, you know, extreme lo-fi indie rock all of a sudden? Hurley, I think, is kind of their indie album. It's like the first album after uh, their deal, like on the majors, had run out. They signed with a with an indie label. And, you know, it kind of um, doesn't exactly work out that way. But it's like they make at least some nods to the world of indie music. and. Um, and a lot of times I think they come off as being a little like strange, you know, like on hang on the song that I picked from Hurley earlier, you know, there doesn't need to be mandolin on that, but it's kind of like an indie thing to do to just add a mandolin to a rock song. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they go for it. Um, so I, I feel that way about the, the lo-fi here. And, um, I think it's quite an, it's quite a nice song. Um, but it, it it's not like as, I don't know. It's not, it's not big enough to close the album um in my opinion it seems to just kind of this stomping country thing and just kind of where uh, i'm like oh it's over um wow what about you dan well i won't give my opinion on whether you know it's a good closer or not because that's a star so i'll, I'll hold on to that <laughs> but a as a song in general i like the lo-fi-ness of it um I, you know i if anybody listened to the old podcast or anything like i bitch a lot about like clean production I, I hate it i hate when sure. something sounds like way too studio and that's like a big problem with with a lot of weezer so i really enjoyed the uh there's like a slight distortion on like the vocals and the drums like it's like recorded too right it's like right. recorded too hot you know um and i like that you know it but does it fit does it do you feel like it flows into that it's, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to show my hand. Um, so I, I'm not going to answer that yet. But um, I'm just trying to talk you down before yeah. you give that start. <laughs> I know. I know you are. Down. I know you are. Um, but I, I like the song. I'll, I'll say I, it is. Can't change your mind now. Dan. I think it's really funny <laughs> that you both picked uh, a song from the same album. And um, if I had known that it was the ending track on Hurley, that would have made me a little. Yeah, that's cheating a little bit. But I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, that's right. That. I didn't know that. All right, so I, for my closing track, also picked uh, from Hurley, but I picked Unspoken, which um, comes around the middle of that album, because uh, I'm not a weak bitch who picks <laughs> closing tracks to close my make-believe album. Um, okay, so 
This song, I think, works really, really well as a closer. Um, I think it kind of ties the bow on this experience by kind of reminding you after a little bit of late album fun that, uh, again, this is an emo band. This is an indie band. Um, I mentioned that Hurley is kind of their indie album. And this has a little bit of the problems that I was just talking about where there's like flute on it for no reason. But it also has kind of a rough around the edges quality in the sense that the vocals are distorting a little bit. The mics are a little bit too hot there. Um, and the harmonies are a little bit, uh, you know, loose, a little bit rough, which I, I love about sort of early earlier Weezer. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like it's going to be sort of an acoustic ballad to close butterfly style. And um, then at the end, suddenly just explodes into full emo rock mode, which um, I think is kind of a badass way to go out what do you think, Darren? I think this was a good pick. You know, I, I do like this song. Um, as far as, like, the sequencing, though, I, I just, I hate the fact that you've got Dreamin' and This Is Such a Pity kind of before it. I think if I, if this was truly an album and I was listening to it, I would probably, like, be skipping tracks eight and nine to get to this oh track because I think it kind of exists. <laughs> it, it, it exists really well on its own. Um, you know... I I kind of wish it just stayed acoustic and didn't explode at the end because the song is just hmm. so great and it has this like almost like demo quality to it but yeah, Rivers yeah. he makes really good demos. I mentioned this with like Pig. I mean, I would even be willing to argue that the demo of Pig is as good or if not better than the studio version and I, this this sounds like a a song that started out as a demo and very well could have just been transformed into a loud Weezer yeah, song the entire time but you know thank goodness Rivers decided not to do that and like leave that sort of demo like yeah. quality with the acoustic guitar and the kind of like loose vocals because I that it makes the song it really does what do you think Dan yeah I I sort of agree with with Darren a little bit um you know the acoustic part is 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 fairly nice. I do like that. Like the previous song, it's a little rough. It's not as polished and and overproduced as, uh, as a lot of stuff. But that that big crescendo when the band joins in, that's just like kind of corny. Um, you know that that's like something a, a radio rock band does, and you know that's that's what I've that's what in my mind Weezer has become, and you know, something like this sort hmm. of. Uh, you know, feeds into that, and I, I don't know the strings. It, basically, anytime you're bringing in strings, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's just too much. It's it's overblown. I, I think if something like this, and and how you said, Darren, like you know, I I've, I've never listened to a, a Weezer demo song, but I feel like Weezer demos are probably pretty good. Like. I, you know, I can't deny that Rivers Cuomo is like a great songwriter. Like these are all like. Uh, almost all the errors are in production and just like you know making them yeah. feel dated yeah. but like if you if you stripped all the songs away to just the bones of the song i feel like weezer would still be a great band and a song like this like really kind of points that out to me wow this is this is much higher praise of weezer than i thought we were going to get out of you um <laughs> oh they, they still suck don't don't get me wrong <laughs> okay, okay. well we're going on, you know, a little long, and I think we've talked plenty about how we tried to make these albums flow and how we feel about that. Um, so, you know, just let me pick your brain for a minute or two here, Dan. Did this at least, like, make you kind of 
double, you know, think again about late Weezer. Like it kind of sounded like you were on the verge of saying something nice about them a second ago that, uh, you know, there might be some hidden gems in there. Do you feel that way after listening to these? I mean, there's some hidden gems in there, but I always sort of believed that, you know, um, you know, yeah. I assumed there were, um, because I mean, you don't write too good, like, like the blue album in particular, like I, I would not in any way argue that that's a 10 out of 10 album. That That's a great record. Pinkerton, I, I love as well. I don't love it as much as blue, but I, you know, it's another great record. I, I don't think that anyone can write something as good as those two records and not ever write anything, you know, even close to it ever again. Yeah. You know, the, I, 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 like I said, I think that their, their biggest flaws are in production and just like if they would just strip it down and and not be so worried about like the sheen and polish i think that they could make you know maybe not another 1010 classic but at least you know something that's worth listening to um you know worth your time um but you know yeah. o- overall i just I, I i don't think that they like hit that here you know there there was a couple songs that you know that that sort of like i can see the sparks i can see you know it, it's approaching okay, that but okay. it never it never f- gets there it never really gets super close to there um mm. so i i'll say my my opinion of weezer has not altered much um after after wow. this I guess you had a more charitable opinion uh, to begin with than I thought you did. But, you know, I I was going to ask you, Darren, like, what did we learn from doing this exercise? I mean, what I think is that, you know, every album, like I said at the top, you can count on them to have a couple gems. And and I I just kind of think that there's a lot more really listenable stuff. I mean, the the problem is that people kind of think of Weezer like they're just not taking music seriously anymore or something. And it's easy to feel that way. And yet I think if you look really hard and I think one day people will kind of like revise their opinions, not that they were making good albums this whole time, but that there, there was always that kind of spark and there was, there's a lot of good stuff to be found actually more than I would have thought doing this exercise. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I think that this exercise really, demonstrates that i mean we are two you know i would say our tastes in music are fairly similar you know we definitely like a lot of the same things um and we like weezer for a lot of the same reasons but here we are with basically 19 different tracks um or what 18 different tracks that uh we felt like were the best of post pinkerton weezer which is pretty telling i mean i would have you know i would have probably had anticipated more uh, duplicates than anything by doing this and that didn't then happen at all and in fact <laughs> i know our flows were very different um which i think is i think that's telling i mean i think that means that there's a lot more there than just you know a couple of singles you know radio hit singles that you know you'll hear and, and then forget i i mean these tracks are really great i mean i i like i agree i adore weezer and i think what we have done here is picked out you know a really strong batch of songs that proves that, you know, yes, maybe the albums that they come from are not strong overall, but there are definitely uh, several tracks on there that are always going to be worth like coming back to and yeah. know, become longtime Weezer favorites that are worthy of standing up to the blue album in Pinkerton. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also want to, Again, state that I think the Green Album and Maladroit are good fucking albums. Uh, <laughs> people are just straight up wrong about that. Um, should we do it? Should we move on to the stars? See who won this challenge? Let's do it. 
<laughs> okay, well, the first star is for best opener. Dan, you get to hand these stars out. Who had the best opener? I guess we should remind everybody. Uh, Darren had Keep Fishing, and I had Death and Destruction. Yeah, I, you know, best opener, I'm going to give it to Darren. I, Fuck. Oh, yeah. I think maybe... Cannot believe it. I Let's just maybe, stop here. <laughs> yeah. I, I think maybe I liked Gabe's song better, but I think that Darren, <laughs> Darren's, like, grabs your attention. Um, you know, that, that Green Day drum fill at the beginning, while corny does does <laughs> grab you you know it does grab you it, you know you listen after that and i think that that's that's a good thing to have in an opener um so giving it to darren unbelievable yeah all right well best closer we just talked about it but uh both from hurley darren had time flies and i had unspoken yeah you know i, I this probably won't be a surprise but Darren, Darren again here. Um, God, I just damn it. <laughs> I just didn't I don't really... like how this is starting out well for me, though. This is yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just... Mario Party in Mario Party, it doesn't usually go well when you start. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, that yeah. is actually very, very true. We'll get the chump charity here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just time flies. I I thought was sort of the better song. Uh, honestly, th- I, I don't think either one was like a fantastic closer. It just came down to, I, I enjoyed Time Flies a little bit more. Unspoken, I hated the strings. Got a little uh, got a little dramatic at the end. Uh, but that, that was a close one, uh, I'll say. Um, God damn it. All right. Most intriguing song. Now, we sort of define this as the song that... You know, I guess you you said you didn't really change your opinion that much, but was most intriguing to you. Most made you most think, hey, what if uh, what if there are good Weezer songs out there? What if I should check out the album that this comes from? Yeah, that that's exactly how I thought of it. I thought like which song made me if I had if I had to listen to one of these full <laughs> Weezer albums. For the record, I'm uh-huh. I'm not going to, but uh, <laughs> okay. if I had to, I think. Uh, do you want to get high? Um, it was oh. <laughs> it was the most sort of um, bluish album sounding. Um, Unbelievable! You know, it was like a little overproduced, but it did seem like a decent song. And um, I, yeah, I, I sort of almost kind of wanted to check out White Album, but not at all, actually. Oh, st- start starting to get a uh, starting to get worried here. Okay, the next one. Got a couple more here. Best use of tripping down the freeway. This is the only song that we both use. So who used it better, Dan? Yeah, uh, you know, this was this was a hard. This was probably the hardest one I had to give out because one, I don't super like the song all that much. Uh, <laughs> right. It's pretty. It's pretty corny. Um, it, it honestly sort of surprised me that you both picked it you know when i saw that before i listened i thought it was gonna be like clearly the best song or something um, <laughs> i did i didn't i didn't feel that at all um i guess I, i'm gonna give it to to gabe um yes finally on the board just uh, yeah i think the i think the sequencing was was a little better uh for him but it, honestly the, it was it's pretty close and uh you know don't get too excited yeah i mean <laughs> Kind of interesting that I, I think, I mean, Darren used to kind of keep the keep the momentum going, but also to kind of start start bringing it bringing it down a little bit. And uh, I use it as sort of the uh, the peak uh, on the way up. Yeah, um, opposite uses there. Okay, the next star is for best banger. I guess this is kind of like uh, best song 
I don't know. However you want to think about it, Dan. Yeah, I, I basically, you know, I just thought of it as best song. I thought okay. you were trying to, you know, connect with the youth. Okay. Uh, banger. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I chose uh, I chose QB Blitz. Um, I, oh, I kinda, my God. You know, I can't believe this. Amazing. I thought that song was pretty good. You know, when, when I listened to both of these playlists, that was the song that I was like, I wasn't excited for any of the songs. Um, but <laughs> if I had to be excited for a song, um, I think that wouldn't. Um, was probably it. I, wow. I, I, and Shocking. it surprised me a lot because because Fantastic I, I pick. because pay, uh, Pacific Daydream has like the lowest rate your music score and stuff. So I um, it really did sort of surprise me that I, wow. I liked uh, that song. Yeah, it's a gem. Um, okay, up, up next we got a negative star, uh, just like in Mario Party. Well, I don't know if they take away stars, but just annoying shit happens. Well, you in can general. steal stars. Yeah. yeah. So negative star here. Most annoying song. I think I know who's yeah, going to win I'm this one. I'm just going to go ahead. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was the uh, the easiest. This was the first star I assigned. Um, and and I'll say I assigned it. I I, I listened to Darren's playlist first and. Um, I thought about assigning it then, but I said, <laughs> hold on, hold on, you know, listen, listen to Gabe's, maybe it gets worse, um, but it does not get worse. Uh, the greatest man that ever lived. That yes. song is god awful. Well deserved. It's, it's really bad. Um, wow. So now well, you we're can, You can at Dan for uh, for all that hate. No, ain't nobody going to at him about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at Just me all you want. I'd, in support. <laughs> I'd love to hear a reason. That song was so bad that uh, I hopped on Rate Your Music to see if it was a single, <laughs> just so I could give it 0. .5 stars. And it is, <laughs> and I did. Um, wow. Only when I bothered rating on Rate Your Incredible. Um, that, that was, it was offensively bad. Okay, we are tied then with two stars each, and we have another negative star. This is worst lyrics. Worst lyrics overall, I guess the most just most moments you found yourself cringing from the lyrics. Whose playlist won that one? Yeah, I, I'll say that Darren's lucky that it's overall and not uh, general <laughs> because he, you know. The most annoying would have would have been the same song, but uh, I I actually I'm giving this one to Gabe. Um, <laughs> s- sort of mostly because of Hang On. I thought oh that was just God. really corny. Um, that but was not, my second. But not that QB was my Blitz. second. Yeah, that was my second least favorite song. No, honestly, QB Blitz's um, lyrics are kind of stupid. Like I like the song, but the lyrics are sort of stupid. Uh, I thought the lyrics to Dreaming were pretty dumb. Wow. Um, honestly, though, to to be fair, I did expect their I did expect the lyrics overall to be a lot worse. Like the, the, this um, star was harder to hand out than I thought it was going to be. Um, well, it, it was one of the last ones that I that I figured out uh, where it would go. Wow! So somehow, somehow, dreaming and uh, and uh, what was it? Hang on, H- hang on. Add up to like be <laughs> add up to be worse than greatest well, man that ever lived. And what pig. I thought is wow. I, pig. See, I mean, P- pig is a bad song, but I didn't think the lyrics were like thank you, super okay. stupid. Thank you. Okay. Um, you know, so like. You know, the greatest man that ever lived is god awful, but um, you know, it was like kind of one song, whereas I it had at least two one on six yours. minute song that's longer than both of these songs <laughs> put together. All right, let's move on. F- fair enough, fair enough. The next but. star is for uh, lowest cumulative rate your music score. Now, you kind of alluded to it earlier, Dan, but almost every Weezer album after Pickerton has like a very low yeah, score on rate your music, all pretty low. So uh, you added them all up, at least I hope so. And um, 
we are this is a positive star i want to clarify because i think it's um it's more impressive if you know if you used worse albums and i i honestly have no idea who's going to win this yeah i did i added them all up and uh just to be clear like if you use two maladroit songs you got uh-huh. two 2.94s uh to the score so um and I did this yesterday, so if, you know, <laughs> yeah. huge um, swing. And it was close. It was close. Uh, Darren had his cumulative score was two point six seven, and uh, Gabe's was two point five four. So oh, uh, yes. Gabe's was slightly lower. There's that make believe power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought no, Red Album was going to save me actually. But. <laughs> All right, the next uh, second to last star is for best sequencing this is best flow i swear to god i worried more about this than the actual song so i hope to god i win it uh, you <laughs> Why, do. Are you you, gonna, oh okay. yes. great yeah, you okay. do you do i i i, I will give you that uh, yours felt the most like a sequenced album it's a bad album but it's uh <laughs> it, it did feel it did feel um a lot like like a record um so i i, I give you that one all right and the last one. Are we are we tied? Am I right? Am I calculating that correctly? No, we're not. I don't think we're... I think you're up one. You're right, you're right, right. Okay. Okay. So you need this to tie, and we have no plan of what to do <laughs> in the no case plan. of Everybody a tie. Everybody wins. <laughs> but best album. All together, best album. Who, who won, Dan? Right, for best album, my thought process was, if I had to listen to another one of... Like, I had to listen to one of these playlists again... Uh, which one would I be least mad about? And I went with with Darren's. Um, oh, you know, uh, yeah! He had some missteps, you know, Greatest Man. Um, <laughs> but overall, like, you know, it, it, his songs were all ones that were like... Like, Greatest Man was the only one that I, like, actively hated. Um, uh, otherwise, it just felt, you know, like they were all, like, decent enough um, <laughs> tracks. So I, I gave him the overall one. Um, but that puts us in a little bit of a pickle because uh, <laughs> we're tied up here. Well, it's very um, Mario Party esque to just kind of feel like yeah, yeah. everybody's winning. Everybody here. wins. Yeah. <laughs> well, we in go. Mario Party, at this point, it would come down to who has the most coins. So um, mm. who has the most coins? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to think about this and uh, handle it on the next on the next episode. I think. <laughs> yeah, we really did not plan that. But uh, I, I don't know. I guess um, people could email us. This is a good sure uh, segue go. tiebreaker. Um, yeah. Uh, so what do you think? We'd love to hear your thoughts, and uh, you know we can read them on the air. Email us that email popshieldpod at gmail Our next episode is going to be in two weeks. We're not exactly sure on uh, what we'll do it on yet, but we got some ideas. Uh, and if you like the show, help us out by subscribing and leaving us a five star review wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, whatever, and uh, stay connected. Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, all of that junk is at Pop Shield Pod, and we'll see you next time. See ya. So long.